Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to this edition of the Officer Roll Call Podcast. I'm Paul Peluso, the editor of Officer Magazine. I'm joined, as always, by Officer Media Group Editorial Director Frank Borelli. How's it going, Frank? You know, I'm doing okay this morning, Paul, but I'm reminding myself uh, that there are a lot of families in this country who have lost uh, an officer in their family in the line of duty last year. And, and uh, you know, we honor them at, with Police Week this year, which is uh, what we're going to talk about this morning, right? Of course. So, yeah, like, like Frank mentions, uh, this week begins National Police Week, and it goes through uh, next week as well. Uh, in 2022, 224 law enforcement officers died in the line of duty and in this country, according to the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. And while this was a decrease of 64% from 2021, mainly due to the drastic decrease in COVID-related LEDs, the number of officers shot and killed in the line of duty mirrored that of the previous year, and the number of traffic-related crash deaths rose by uh, 29%. So Frank, if you could just talk a little bit about the numbers and kind of what they mean and some of the trends that you've seen, um, and, and then we can talk about police week and, and kind of what your experience has been in the past. You know, 224 officers seems like not a lot to some people. It seems like way, way too many to others. I mean, some people say one is too many and, and they're right. Uh, 224 officers lost in line of duty averages one every day and a half, which, uh, when I look back, seems to be the, about the best we can do sometimes. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we look back, as far as I can remember, going to up to police week and going to the memorial. And, and I think the first one I can really clearly remember going to uh, was the 20th uh, memorial that they held, which was 15 years ago, as, as they're doing the 35th annual this year. Um, it's definitely a gut punch to go to. I took my son one year. So he could experience it and see everything. And when we were coming home, I asked him and he, and he he's like, you know, it's it's one thing. He grew up with a father who was a police officer all his life. He is. It's one thing to know that you might not come home. It's a different thing to actually see people whose husband or mother or wife or sister or daughter, son didn't go home that made the ultimate sacrifice. And uh, it's it's a whole different realization. It's a whole different world. It, and and uh, I'm happy this 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 week. It should be all year. This week out of the year, we honor the fallen and the families who who have had to experience that sacrifice. Um, and it's hard to cram everything into just a week, and and have it really take the effect that it needs to have, really give the attention that it needs to give. But for those who attend the events in D.C., um, it, it's definitely an emotional challenge, but also an emotional recharge. When you see 30,000 police officers and law enforcement professionals come together to honor the fallen, it's a reminder of the Thin Blue Line family and, and and all the brothers and sisters that we all have out there. I couldn't even tell you if I answered your question now, Paul. It's it's uh, It'll choke me up just thinking about it. Well, it does really. You know, we we report on these LEDs all the time on, on officer.com. And, um, but going to that event, it really does you know, add a human element to it to see the, the wives, the, the widows, the, um, 
the children who uh, have lost loved ones. And, and it really does uh, hit you hard uh, being there in person. And uh, yeah, so, so, you know, that's tough. Uh, the, this the whole week there's, you know, events set up. Um, one, one thing that I'll mention, speaking of the families, um, cops, the concerns of police survivors, they yep. run events throughout the week for the families and they, they have uh, different resources for them. there. different, um, they, you know, they, they have different get togethers and, and, um, you know, events for the families, but they also, like I said, have different resources and, and things that they can, um, they can find out about it. Like some of these families might be new to cops, um, but in some of them have been going for years. You know, the really sad part, Paul, is everybody who lost uh, a, a, a family member in the line of duty last year, they're new to yeah. concerns of police survivors this yeah, year. But of course, they, they definitely get treated with deference and honor as they should. Um, and concerns of police survivors goes a long way towards emotionally holding their hand um, and, and offering them these the different courses that you're talking about. And the different events going on really to help them learn how to live their lives without that loved one that, that we lost in the line of duty. Yeah. And they, you know, besides for the events during police week, they do events throughout the year and even have camps for the kids. Um, and that really, you know, for them to meet other kids that are going through the same thing really does help. So it's that sense of camaraderie, that sense of, you know, that they're not alone um, going through such a tragedy. Yeah. And, and and it's something we all need to remember, you know, like I said, going up to police week, I've gone for a lot of years. Um, and, and to be able to stand at the memorial and look around and see, I've never seen anybody there who wasn't as pro-police as you could get. Um, and I took my wife up one year. In fact, she, she's only ever been one time. And I was still on duty then. I was still working the street. I was still in uniform. And we went up. And uh, when we got home, she said, I don't ever want to go again. And I said, okay, why? She goes, because if I go, I feel like I'm going to see your name on that wall. Um, and she just didn't, she didn't know how to deal with emotionally going. And and I hadn't been killed in the line of duty. And it was hard for her. Um, when we were there, uh, I saw a young lady sitting at the memorial and, um, she was wearing a shirt and had some names on the back of it, uh, officers that had died in the line of duty, and uh, some information about a particular death. And and I said, excuse me, ma'am, where did you get that shirt? And she said, I had it made because my husband's the first name on the list. And I couldn't, I couldn't answer her. I couldn't talk. Uh, it's hard for me to do it now. I just, I, I couldn't imagine. Uh, what she was feeling and what she was having to deal with. And uh, I was utterly uh, just paralyzed in my head. And my wife, thank God, looked at, the, at the, the, this young woman and said, well, you know, you have our condolences and we're sorry for your loss. And, you know, there's no way to express our appreciation for your husband's service. And, uh, you know, I walked away crying. I mean, there was tears in my eyes. I, I couldn't it, it's still today. I, I can't process the emotions that that evokes that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to ask her about her shirt that I think is a really neat thing. It's, it was this beautiful concept. Well done, the artwork and all that. And, and for all of that, she had it custom made. Her husband's name was the first name on the list. And I just, 
It was like she hit me with a baseball bat. I couldn't I couldn't react to it at all. I couldn't imagine. Still can't. Yeah. So yeah, let, let let's go through some of these events, uh, Frank. Uh, oh, th- please this... get, distract me because I need it. All right, no, talk I know. about events. So so yeah, so this this uh podcast will be released um on on Wednesday, um May 10th and on that day there'll there'll be two replayings at the uh dur- during uh for to open up police week. So uh, the US Attorney General will lay a wreath and the FBI replaying will uh ceremony will take place just after that um both happening at the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial. Um and on Thursday, uh the National Canine uh, Memorial Service will be happening. And so this is something that's been going on. It, it's kind of more recent, right, Frank, the Canine Memorial Service? and I think, I think so, Paul. I mean, I, don't, I can't yeah. imagine 35 years ago they were honoring uh, canines that are falling in line of duty. But we consider them police officers. Yeah. You know, we consider them deputies. Um, and and uh, it's it's a moving event as well especially when you see the canine teams and the handlers and uh, when you can see the dogs reacting like they're sad, it's, it's an amazing thing. I mean, how, how do they know? How do they feel that? But uh, yeah, anyway, please canine memorial service. Um, uh, It's, uh, it's, it's another moving event, but you were saying it's Thursday on the 11th. And, so on on Friday, the police unity tour will arrive at the memorial. Um, and and that's something if you know you're there to be able to see this. Um, these I've officers been there for that and, and yeah, seen all them all of them ride in, and it and it's uh, they've ridden a long way, and yep. they're happy to be there. And then they're sad that it's it's such a, a moving event. They raise a lot of funds for the memorial. If people haven't been there to see it, and you can get there to see it cheer them on as they ride in it's really cool so on saturday may 13th the candlelight vigil will be held on the the national mall um by the national officer national law enforcement officers memorial fund and um during which um the 556 uh names that were engraved on the memorial 224 that were uh officers who were killed in the line of duty in 2022 um will will be honored um and can you just this is the 35th annual candlelight vigil frank and can you just talk a little bit about that event and um what what that means to you and when you've been able to attend it um what you've seen i've 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 been to more of them honestly yeah um they're hard to attend it's hard to attend this and not be emotionally moved i've seen some of the toughest people in the world stand and cry at these things. Uh, I irreverently joke when you have 30,000 people holding candles that nobody's hair's ever been caught on fire. Um, but to, to stand and watch just what looks like a sea of burning candles. And, and I've taken pictures in years past. <clears throat> we probably have them on the website. Uh, I'm trying to get up there this year so I can take some more pictures and try to share the event. It's uh it's definitely a very moving event when you get to the part where they're reading the list of names. Um, I, I heard somebody once say it seems kind of tedious, and I said, yeah, but not if you're the the widow or the widower or the the son or the daughter or the mother or the father of the fallen officer and their name 
is you know ninety percent down the list. You spend all that time listening to the names being read, dreading when they get to your officer's name, but also that's what you're there for. So I mean, the emotional the emotional sea of turbulence is definitely strong there. It's a wonderful thing to see, and it's a hard thing to see and experience. But I would encourage anybody who can to go do it. If if nothing else, do it at least once. Go go and light that candle and stand and experience it and feel everything going on around you. And it's uh you'll never experience anything like it ever. So during the weekend's events um in DC, the FOP uh DC Lodge one has the tent city events, Frank. And I know that you've been uh there for for those events uh, in the past, if you can talk a little bit about what that is for people that aren't familiar with it and um, how that kind of contributes to police week. So it's kind of just an emotional bonding experience. Tent cities, uh, a unique kind of place and it is for officers and their families only. If you're not connected to law enforcement, you can't just walk in. You've got to be with somebody who has credentials. <clears throat> and in fact, this year be the first year I go with nothing but retired credentials. Um, imagine uh, an expo that's all outside. They call it tent city because every vendor that's there is, is effectively underneath of a tent. Um, and they have vendors selling memorabilia, um, uh, honoring the fallen stuff. Uh, you might find a cigar vendor. You might find somebody who's makes accessories for motorcycles. That's all law enforcement, uh, oriented. You might find a company that makes clothing. That's all about the thin blue line, um, food vendors, uh, different organizations, um, you know, some different FOP lodges might have rented tent space from FOP one. It's um, again, it's a great place to go walk around, see some neat stuff, have the opportunity to buy some stuff that you can only usually find during police week. Um, and know that everybody around you in some way, shape or form is attached to that thin blue line or part of it. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely, and, and after the candlelight vigil, if you go, be prepared for the number of people toasting fallen comrades and, and honoring them in groups. Um, I've walked by a group of 10 or 12 deputies all standing together with their arms around each other, heads bowed in prayer, all of them crying uh, for somebody that fell on their agency or on their squad and, in, 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 you know, that they're there to honor. And, and then... They celebrate the, they, they, they continue. It's almost like, I don't know. I was raised in an old world Italian family. Somebody passed, you mourn them. And then you had a celebration um, of their life. And then that's kind of what tent city does after, uh, you know, the gut punch of going to the memorial, going to the candlelight vigil, you go to tent city and you can kind of celebrate being part of that family and, and, and the, the ability to protect and serve and continuing on doing the job and honor the people that fell doing the job. So on um on Sunday, uh, that's May fourteenth, they'll be holding the uh, national annual national honor guard competition and pipe band competition um at the U.S. Capitol building reflecting pool, and you know this is held every year to honor fallen officers, and you know is is a pretty great thing to you know witness. They're um, a really neat thing to see. Yeah, well, some of the some of the performances the honor guards put on. And I'm not a fan of the pipe bands that, you know, the, uh, the bagpipes, yeah. but like 
by the same token, I, I, I defy any police officer out here to listen to Amazing Grace played on a bagpipe and not cry. It, it's just so emotionally moving. So Monday will be the uh, annual National Peace Officers Memorial Service uh, sponsored by the Grand Lodge Fraternal Order of Police um, in the Grand Lodge Fraternal Order of Police uh, Auxiliary. And so, you know, this is kind of the the, the big event that's held. Um, and it's usually at the end of Police Week uh, every year. And, you know, can you talk? It, it's a lot, a lot of people that, you know, a lot of people go to the vigil too, but just when I've been to this, it's just pretty much like a sea of people um, in front yeah, of the so Capitol there. Yeah. Normally held on the West lawn of the Capitol. Yeah. And uh, this is what actually started police week way mm-hmm. back in the 1960s. Uh, I think president Kennedy signed in law that, that the national peace officers Memorial day is, the, is May 15th. Um, and uh, with, the candlelight vigil always on the 13th and, and police weeks always in there somewhere. I mean, it, it's almost, uh, it's really a sad thing. I, I I noticed a long time ago that mother's day quite often kicks off police week. Yeah. Um, and that's hard, especially if you're a mother of an officer who fell, but uh, the, you know, the actual memorial service on the 15th on the West lawn of the Capitol, there are a ton of people there. There are thousands of people there. Uh, you see, just, you know, thousands of officers in full dress uniform, standing in ranks, um, listening to the presentation uh, as, as the country's representatives mourn and recognize the fallen. Um, it, it's a huge event. I, I'm not going to say it's as emotionally moving as the candlelight vigil is, uh, but it is definitely emotionally moving and, and another connection. It's, it's another one of those, you know, everybody's uniform is different. But everybody's still in uniform, and, and you know the the officers will look around and think, "Oh, my dress blues look better than your dress blues, or my looks better than you know whatever." But uh, when you're standing there in formation, and, and everybody's in uniform, I can't imagine what it looks like from the podium. You're just surrounded by all those uniforms, all the different kinds, all the different badges, all the different patches, everything from deputies to police officers to sheriffs and chiefs to troopers and agents. And they are all looking up at you as one. And uh, you know, if that's not a reminder about what the thin blue family, the thin blue line family is, I don't know what would be. Yeah, and following that, um, that memorial service is the wreath laying um, at, at the uh, at the officers' memorial. And yeah, so you know, just just to kind of conclude this, Frank. Uh, you know, we every year when this event's held, like it is, it is a punch to the gut, pretty much to just look back and, like I said, it puts the real, you know, human face on on all of it. Just seeing, you know, loved ones, the colleagues of these officers, um, out there, um, mourning those who have fallen. And is there anything you want to add uh, as we end this? So, I had a woman tell me. She was a deputy in Montgomery County, Maryland. Um, and, and she said that her partner had, or one, one of the people on her squad, excuse me, had been killed. That We were we were there for police week, and uh, somebody on her squad had been killed in the line of duty the year before. And I said, well, how do you deal with that? And she said, my entire squad does the job every day the way we feel like he would want us to. We try to honor his name 
by learning from everything he ever did and doing the job in such a way as to always make him proud. And I thought that that's a really cool thought. Um, and I, I want to encourage everybody who's listening to this, who wears a badge of any kind, go out and do your job every day in a way that'll honor those who have done it before you, those who made the ultimate sacrifice and go home at the end of your shift, because that's the thing that they would want the most. They don't want the, the people who have fallen, the people who have made the ultimate sacrifice, those who have gone before us, they don't want to see our name on that wall. So don't get there. Go home at the end of your shift. Do your job honorably. Uh, do it in a way that remembers and, and, and would make them proud. Uh, but go home at the end of your shift. Don't don't let your name be put on that wall. And that's all I'm going to say, Paul. I, I, I want everybody to be safe. And as always, uh, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of the Officer Roll Call Podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions for us, make make sure you reach out. It's editors at officer.com. And uh, take care and stay safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of Officer Roll Call. Be sure to check back every two weeks for a new episode. Stay safe.